Welcome to Rochambeau, the podcast about unique competitions and the extraordinary competitors that make them happen. I'm Ted. And I'm Kim, and we're happy to have you here. Did you guys catch the last episode about the O'Henry Punoff World Championships? It was very punny. I don't think I've ever seen you as happy as you were no. when we were doing that episode. I've been waiting for that my whole life. Yeah. Doing puns on purpose. Like, <laughs> yes. For an audience that hopefully is enjoying them, <laughs> but definitely will be if we get you down to Austin yes. to participate. Sure, let's do it. All right, we're going to make it happen. If you guys missed that episode, please go back and check it out, and we recommend that you use CastBox. Yep, we love CastBox. We both use it all the time. It's got a great interface. It's easy to find new podcasts and listen to all of our podcasts. It's true, but on to today's episode. Bum, 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 bum. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I think that was the A-Team theme. Was that? Yeah. You would know. Yeah. Did you do the A-Team for Halloween one year? Uh, I did it for a soapbox derby race. For a soapbox derby, yeah. that's right. That okay. was Mr. T. Nice. I, I almost choked on a, on my gold chains because <laughs> I used regular chains and I just golded them, you know, with gold paint. Like chains that you would lock up your bike with? Yeah, like big, thick, heavy ones. And I just looped them around my neck. And after a while, like one was heavier. And so like the, the other ones got shorter and shorter. And I was like... Wah! So kids, don't do that. Yeah, especially not when you're going downhill at high velocity. <laughs> right. <laughs> Strapped into a crappy lawnmower-based racing vehicle. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we're going to learn even more good engineering advice today Ooh, because our episode today is... Robot Battles. This robot is Wizzlefutz because I let my dad name it. Bugzilla 30-pound bot. Our robot is called Eyesore. The 30-pound uh, robot is called Dandelion's Revenge. This is a 12-pounder. It's called Doom Service. There's a lifter bot. There's pusher bots. Tray bot. Well, there's the wedge bots, too. My team name this year is Space Force, and, and my bot is even more squeaky ducks. Robot Battles takes place each year as part of the DragonCon conference that we covered in one of our bonus episodes. And DragonCon, if you don't know already, is a gathering of pop culture enthusiasts from all around the world. It takes place in our hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, every Labor Day weekend. It's super duper fun. And on two of the days, they host a competition called Robot Battles, and it's phenomenal. Right. We went down there. We got to see both days of tournaments. We met a ton of builders, fighters, drivers, engineers, robot enthusiasts from around the country. And we got to meet in person the man responsible for starting Robot Battles. Kelly Lockhart. Well, my name is Kelly Lockhart, and I founded Robot Battles all the way back in 1991. A quick story of a long thing is I had been in Denver in 1990 at Mile High Con, and there was a group there called the Denver Mad Scientist who did an event called the Critter Crunch, where they took little robots on tethers and fought them. And I said, this is really cool. So I talked to them, I got the rules, I brought it back to Atlanta, I talked to the organizers of Dragon Con, and they said, sounds fun, let's do it. And we did. We had two robots show up. May I ask why in the beginning you wanted to be affiliated with a convention? What was the thought behind that? 
Well, it just made sense. I'd gone to Dragon Con for several years. It was a fun event. It just, it was one of those things that was geeky, and there wasn't a lot of things going on then like you have now. We didn't have maker fairs. We didn't have maker groups. You know, we didn't have all the other stuff there. As a matter of fact, the only robot competition at the time was the Critter Crunch. We're the second oldest one in the world, and we came from them. Very cool. So how did that first one go with your two competitors? Well, the funny thing was is that one was a team from Georgia Tech. The other one was a team from University of Georgia. And they fought each other until one of them just could not move anymore. And the team from Georgia beat the team from Georgia Tech. A little, little embarrassing in your own backyard to lose to, to Georgia. That's a, you know, a little bit of a rivalry there, not just in football. Understood. Did you guys get an audience that first year? The amazing thing was, and it's if you've seen a modern Robot Battles event, it's kind of hard to imagine. This was in the old Hilton before it was remodeled, in the basement where we just had concrete floor, no PA, no stage, nothing. We drew a circle in chalk on the floor and had a couple hundred people show up to watch what was going on. It was basically an indoor street fight, and everybody thought it was really cool. So they said, oh, we got to do this again, and I promise I'll bring a robot. And we're thinking, hmm, we might actually be on to something. And so you have kept robot battles in Atlanta with DragonCon ever since. Uh, yeah, that is uh, the Dragon Con Robot Battles event. We kind of refer to it as like our Super Bowl, our World Cup, our whatever you want to call it. It's the biggest event we do of the year. And we do multiple events a year. We've done almost 70 competitions since 1991. We've done them all over the country. Even did one in Barcelona, Spain, working with the local university there. Robotic combat has become very, very popular now. Because of things like BattleBots and uh, shows like Robot Wars and Robotica, and then organizations like FIRST, which I absolutely love FIRST, there's a whole world out there now for people to get involved. The, the barrier to entry is much, much lower than it was, say, 25 years ago. But some of the key things that hold true no matter what era is think your design, understand your design, practice driving. If you watch the people on BattleBots, and by the way, if you come to Robot Battles, you'll see a lot of really familiar faces because a good number of uh, Robot Battles contestants also compete in BattleBots. Some of them very well, as a matter of fact. So you'll see a lot of familiar faces. But what you notice is no matter how cool or interesting the design of the robot is, the successful ones are the ones that know how to drive it. Yeah, I remember noticing that at the uh, competition. Absolutely. They could, keep, they could get flipped over and stay in the ring. They could get knocked around and still come back. And yeah. I think that's age old advice because even back to childhood, my brother and I had remote control cars and uh-huh. they were equally built, but I could not drive one to save my <laughs> life. And he would always just run me over and push me into a wall. Those are probably the days when a remote control car would go forward and then back reverse right. Yes. You know, <laughs> they're a little more advanced these days with the robots, but there's still only those, you know, four directions, forward, backwards, left, right. You know, that's true. Yeah. Although we did um, see a couple of robots that were so incredibly engineered. They made it so if they were flipped over, they could ride upside down. Right. That was one of the most mind blowing things. And also, the driving on that is amazing. You got to flip your brain over, like, oh, this is upside down. I got to drive backwards now. Oh my gosh, I didn't yeah. think about that. I would think so. Huh. Yeah. But uh, yes, the engineering is, is outstanding on these. And there's not too many rules going into this competition. They try to keep it simple. 
we keep things as simple as possible because it doesn't need to be all that complicated. Build a robot, fight a robot, have fun, and that's it. I love it. We have four weight classes to break it down. One and three pounders, which we fight in an arena. They're known as the insect classes because we call them ants and beetles. It's a small arena. It's about eight by eight. Lexan, good, solid, so nothing's flying all over the place. Now, one and three pounders may not seem like a lot. I mean, how much, how destructive can a one-pound robot be? <laughs> Don't kid yourself. These things can be really, really destructive because in the arena matches, they have active weapons. They can have spinning saw, saw blades and, and things like that. So you get a lot of mechanical mayhem and destruction. And then we have the 12 and the 30-pounders, but they fight sumo. They actually are on an open stage. And, you know, the whole premise is to knock your opponent off the stage. In the case of smaller robots, it's to knock them into the push-out or break them enough so they can't move, which is actually pretty exciting. <laughs> And it moves lightning fast because we have so many bots so that there's like, there's a fight going on in this arena, that's over. And I turn to the next one, I say, all right, one, two, three, fight, back and forth. It's just gladiator combat, which we've been doing since the dawn of mankind. We just do it with robots now. The robots change, but a lot of the people stay the same because they really like it. Here's the secret about robot battles. We don't have any big cash prizes. We don't have a big nut we don't have a $4 million arena. We just do this for fun because we like it. Some people play golf. We fight robots. How do ages break down? Can someone who's nine be fighting someone who's 40? Is there any class <laughs> of age going on? Okay. It's funny you mention that because we don't have an age limit. Now, you, if you're 16 or under, you have to have a parent or guardian with you. And that's just for safety reasons. You don't want a six-year-old running around with a soldering iron. Sure. <laughs> um, but they can compete. We have had contestants as young as six years old compete. We have had two, twice, an eight-year-old win one of the tournaments. We are very, very supportive of, of youngsters getting involved in this because, well, quite frankly, we're nerds. We like science. We like engineering. We want to pass on that love to the next generation. And if you're a smart kid and you're bored by school because it happens, engineering and science seem kind of, uh, well, then you start doing this. First of all, you're learning mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, materials engineering, and guess what? It's really cool. <laughs> so we've had kids that have come up and have gone on to have very successful careers in academia, very successful careers in industry, very successful careers with organizations like NASA, you know, because they got this spark. They got interested in science and engineering when they were, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, and it instilled a lifelong love of it. Their parents are also very happy because their kids went on to have very good careers sure. and get a good education. <laughs> what a great, fun way to learn science and technology and build things. And, you know, you learn, hey, this is fun and cool to do science. Absolutely. And one of those inspired youngsters, now 19, but he actually started when he was 11. Ben Hansen. We have to remind everybody, this took place at Dragon Con. Right. So, of course, there's fancy dress involved. Of course, everywhere. Costuming is a big part of Dragon Con, and our young friend Ben Hansen was dressed as Where's Waldo. Oh, this is Waldo? Yes. I just knew him as Waldo. Yep, and Where's Waldo was very appropriate as a costume for him because during a lot of the competition, people were looking for him. 
All right. Well, uh, my name is Ben Hansen. I'm from Team Wedgie. This robot is Wizzle Futz because I let my dad name it. Um, and if, if this is a very... Oh, boy. Are we on deck now? Yes. All right. Do your Sorry. thing. Like Kelly mentioned, it does move really, really fast. He is wrangling a ton of people, and we were not helping. <laughs> we were not. We were not. But but they were very sweet to us. So that was they made fun of us, which is good. It, know, oh, it's they true. They on us. Yeah, they'll they'll hear that. So Kelly was looking for Ben because it was actually his turn to compete. But once he was done, he came back, and we got a chance to chat some more. Here's Waldo. This, this robot here we got when I was... Um, Oh, God. We, we got this when I was 11, and I fought it pretty much in the same scenario. I'm 19 now. Um, and the parts from this robot are early 2000s. So this is by far the longest competing robot. This is the robot that's won the most robot battles events ever. Um, because we've just, we showed up uh, with it year after year, went on a two-year winning streak with it. Like, I didn't want to put it in today, but I'm not disappointed. We made it to the semis. It's called Wedgie because I was 11. Honestly, I didn't want to fight it today. All of my robots, all of my robots weren't finished. So this, this right here, I'm honestly surprised this lived because it's just like this little piece of aluminum like foil almost. I have no idea why it's doing so well. Tell me about um, how you started building with your dad. Like you said, you were 11. What got you into it? Uh, so honestly, my dad asked me, he says, uh, hey, my friend Steve, Steve Chapman, who used to be a heavyweight in this, uh, he's like, he want, he's trying to, you know, sell some robots, he thinks, he, he said uh, that you'd really like it to get you into engineering. Uh, he was right about that. Um, but like, I, like at the time, like I maybe watched a couple battle bots when I was two years old. I really didn't remember it all that well. I was, it was like, you want to fight robots? And I was just kind of like, eh, why not? Sounds, sounds like fun. So I showed up 2010. Um, Went, got my first tournament, honestly thought I was going to lose. Like, I mean, my, my mom was like, it's okay if you don't do well, it's all right. Go up there, don't look at the audience. So um, I got in there, I actually won, because it was their first fight too. Uh, that, was, that was awesome. So uh, from, that, from that moment onward, when we did that well, I was like, all right, let's go. And I, if you talk to anyone who knew me between 11 through 14, I didn't shut up about this. <laughs> that's adorable you liked his imitation of his mom i like that but i also like that he didn't shut up yes yeah pretty enthusiastic at that age right yeah i'm buddies with an 11 year old and i can imagine him getting super stoked on this your buddies with an 11 year old yeah. oh yeah, our Travis. friend carrie and dan's yeah child i'm a special friend oh <laughs> i had a special friend's day and it was adorable that's so sweet Travis <laughs> is a really really cool kid yes all right. So one of the things that Ben mentioned, he used the phrase, I think, I didn't want to fight any of my robots. Nothing was ready. Uh -huh. That was something that we noticed when we were walking around. I guess you would call it the pit was everybody is constantly working right. and repairing their robots. Right. Like I try to interview a couple people and they're like, I can't right now. Yeah. I'm up next. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think everything is always broken all the time. Yeah. And yeah. because they're, you know, they're fighting them in one round, they get smashed up and then they have to fight them again, like 15 minutes later. Right. So. Which is how you learn to fix things. It's you yeah, know, that's totally. amazing. Yeah, under a lot of pressure. All right, so let's recap how Ben ended up doing. This is day one. This is the beetles and ants, the insect class, as you would. One the, pound and three pounds. The little guys. Yep, his three pound beetle wedgie ended the day doing pretty good. He got into the semifinals, but his one pound ant robot Whizzlefoots, the one his dad named, <laughs> made it to the <laughs> final round but he did not claim victory that honor actually went to matthew tompkins matthew had an amazing day he also found himself in the beetle championship with his robot nautiloid 
Ladies and gentlemen, for the Robot Federal 66 Beetleweight Tournament Championship, one, two, three, It's like a grinding wheel mounted on the robot. It's pretty vicious when it makes contact. This is much more brutal than I thought it would be. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Tonkins. My name is Matthew Tompkins. I'm part of Team Rad Robotics, and I just won the Beetle Final. And? Oh, and the Ant Final. Amazing. Yeah. The big one, the three pound, is called Nautiloid. And then the one pound, its, it's name is Vertex. I call it Baby Nautiloid for the events, though. The three pound one is about eight inches wide by five inches long. It has a three quarter pound uh, piece of steel for the weapon. It spins vertically, so it can launch them into the sky. Yeah, first time I won a match, let alone the whole thing. I started out two years ago at Dragon Con. My first robot lost in the first round. It got stuck on a bouncy ball that was inside the other robot. My second year, I lost to Captain Doom, which was driven by a really excellent driver. He's really young, too. It's, I don't feel sad losing to him. <laughs> but, and then this, this year was the first time I ever won a match at Dragon Con, so I'm pretty, pretty pumped. That's awesome. Two years in, he's already winning. That's pretty great. Yeah, and never having even won a match before. Right. Wow, what a good day. I know. 2018 Ant and Beetle Champion. Matthew Tompkins. Woohoo! So that ended day one. We went back the next day for the hobbyweights and featherweights, technically the 12 and 30 pound robots. Oh, nice. The big boys. Yes. And we met more contestants than you could shake a remote control at. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they were all incredibly nice and talented and busy. Oh my uh, gosh, so busy. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to talk to Kelly again. He knows his community very well. The other thing that I really, really like about Robot Battles is our contestants really work well with each other. There is a great camaraderie, a great esprit de corps during the competition. Yeah, everybody wants to win, but everybody wants to win against the best, basically. So if something's broken and you can help somebody fix it, that's what happens. If you're at an event and you look over at the pits, and you'll see somebody working on a bot, and you'll see like five people standing around them helping. They're not from that person's team. They all help each other. That's awesome. Wish we had more of that in America. Working together to solve problems. Yes. Ted Ledoux. Platform launching tomorrow. <laughs> Reminds me of the kinetic races. Right, right. For sure. Another, you know, heavily engineered competition. And I think when you you know, have that many moving parts. Yep. People want to help each other, just yep. like Kelly said, because they want to compete with the best. Right. They don't want to win because somebody else's robot was broken. Right. Like the 24-hour lemons as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They want to compete with the worst. So on our second day there during the Hobbyweight and Featherweight Championships, Ted and I ran around and boy, oh boy, did we meet a lot of people. <laughs> we did. They were they were all great and they were all willing to talk to us. Some were nervous, some were not. They were all pretty busy. You had to kind of find a slot where you can jump in and interview them real quick. And we tried our best. What are your names? Tom Steeper. Greg Von Beck. 
And what are you guys doing here today? Uh, fighting robots. And how did you guys get into it? Uh, we just we saw it in uh, uh, here at Dragon Con and obviously on TV with BattleBots, and we thought we can do that. Finally, we're like, yeah. got to build a robot. It's uh, made out of uh, billet aluminum, uh, welded together, and it's a uh, 12-pound weight class. And um, it's a lifter bot. It's got an arm that uh, you can drive into somebody, get it underneath them, and then uh, pick them up and hopefully flip them off the stage. Didn't go so well today. But. <laughs> yeah, how'd you guys do? Uh, we made it to the semifinals, technically, and uh, we lost uh, in our second round. Can, can you describe the different types of robots? There's a, you have a lifter bot? So there's, there's pusher bots, which is what we lost to. Uh, they're just heavy, strong, go forward fast. Um, and then... Uh, a couple of people have some kind of random stuff, um, but those are the two two main ones. Well, there's the wedge bots too, uh, in the 12 bound, which is just kind of a triangle with two wheels on it. Drive it up underneath somebody and hope to shove them off the side. Is there anyone that wins the most? Well, the wedge bots are super effective. Unfortunately, our stage at this competition is pretty rough, so it limits them quite a bit. But uh-huh. typically, wedge bots are are boring and effective. Right. <laughs> So I'm David Purcell. I'm with uh, two teams. One team is Maid Service, which is just my Roomba that I uh, got 10 years ago that we enter in the competitions. The other team is uh, Sea and Biology. Sometimes I call it uh, Borg Petting Zoo. It's basically a couple robots we built that are kind of animal themed. Like one's a beaver. One has uh, not really a distinct animal. It's like kind of furry with eyes. I've got a couple others at home that are a lobster and a cow. And on that team, what materials do you lean towards? Uh, so our robots are primarily made out of what's called structural fiberglass or uh, fiberglass reinforced plastic it's the same material they use in like aircraft so it's good for this uh this kind of tournament because it's much lighter than metals and it doesn't bend so they don't bend out of shape the only downside is when you cut it you get fiberglass all over yourself are these 12 or 30 pounders so the uh, Furbot and the Roomba are 12-pounders. The Beaver is a 30-pounder. Do these larger robots also have weapons on them? So they can have weapons on them, but uh, the arena is open. So the weapons have a very strict limit on how fast they can spin because they don't want to... Uh, if you saw on yesterday, there's shrapnel everywhere. Amazing. We, we just kept imagining, like, how are the big robots going to do this without killing someone? Yeah, so that's what you'll see on, like, BattleBots. They've got that bulletproof glass box. Right. Here, because it's open, they limit the weapon speed and... And obviously make sure your weapons can't throw projectiles at the audience. There's also a barrier of tables that we set up to keep the robots from running over ankles. <laughs> Very smart. So the Roomba idea is adorable. How did that come in? Uh, so when we were building all the regular robots, we also bought my mom a Roomba. And she told us continuously, you cannot fight the Roomba with the regular robots. And so we never did. She kept telling us not to. And then I moved out. And they weren't using the Roomba, so I asked, can I have the Roomba? And she said, yes, as long as you don't enter it in the fights. So I entered it in the fights. It actually won the rumble at Momocon, which is all the robots in the arena at once, because it was the only one that didn't drive itself out. (laughs) That's amazing, because it didn't have a driver. Exactly. Phenomenal. I work with that dude. What? Yeah, the beaver and furbot guy. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed him on stage, and I was like, oh, wait, I know that dude. He's a uh, software developer. No kidding. And have you talked to him at work since seeing him compete? I did. I was like, dude, I saw saw you uh, last week competing in robots uh, at DragonCon. He's like, oh, yeah, we talked about it for a little bit. He remembers you interviewing him and all that stuff. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, he's a good dude. When he mentioned uh, Roombas, it reminded me of the Roomba battle we have every day at my house. It's the Roomba versus my dog. Really? Yeah. The Roomba wins every time because oh. Ollie just goes and hides. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, he's 95 pounds and the Roomba is, I guess, 
12 pounds if it's in these and battles? And he just gets scared. He's just like, nope, I'm out of here. Oh my gosh. So we have uh, two cats and we have a Roomba as well. We have a lifelong fantasy of one of the cats getting on the Roomba. Right. Never. It's a lot to it. Lots to live up to. Yeah. We've tried even putting oh, treats on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're not having it. All right. Back yeah. to the floor. What's your name? I'm Joe. Have you done this before? This is my third year doing it. Okay. And what are you fighting with today? Fighting with Bugzilla, a 30-pound bot. Uh-huh. Can you describe Bugzilla to me? Bugzilla is a mixture of a toolbox, some balloons, and a toy. All at the point taped together now because it's already been fighting once. Yeah? How'd you do? Um, I ended up losing, but... Oh, yeah? Are you fighting again today? Uh, we're going to be fighting in the Rumble when they put all the robots together. All right. How did you get into this? Um, just saw it one year at Dragon Con and wanted to do it. So I initially came back, I brought a robot. Well, good luck in the rumble. My name's Eric Oppenheimer. My team name this year is Space Force. And, and my bot is even more Squeaky Ducks. Because I have a few more than last year. All right, so what is your history with the Squeaky Ducks? I had to do something funny. You know, every year I got to add something to it to make it stand out and get the audience's attention, really. Do you feel like you're a fan favorite? Last year, I think I had a real good audience uh, reception. Yeah, so, yeah. So tell me about the mechanics. I've kept it really simple, really cheap because I didn't want to put a lot of money in something that could easily get destroyed <laughs> in the matter of minutes. Um, so yeah, I did real simple Harbor Freight drill motors, two-speed controllers, and it's a wood box. And 3D printed parts. So I went against a similar box-shaped robot that was very evenly matched, and he ended up beating me. So. Do you get to fight again today? Um, I'm hoping there will be a rumble at the end with all the bots on the stage. And last year, I ended up was successful, and somehow I was the last one standing during the rumble. So, so maybe that will go better for me again this year. Can you describe to me what the rubber ducky guy was like? The person? The No, the robot. <laughs> <laughs> I know what people look like generally. I can usually spot them. <laughs> mercy so um it was cool it was it was pretty much a, a square f- four wheels i'm gonna say that's probably obvious but just never in case know. you never know and then it just had like a ton of little rubber duckies all <laughs> over it all over it and he had other um robots too i think he also competed in the insect weights with ones that had like maybe just like one big rubber duck on Ooh, it but cool he's definitely got a theme going what if they squeak when they get hit That'd be oh my awesome. Gosh, that would be awesome. <laughs> if you would start out by telling me your name and then um, a little bit about your team and your robot. Uh, John Tamplin, uh, team is Plastic Fantastic Robots uh, because my robots made pretty much all out of plastic. Is that unusual? Most people are, are building it out of some sort of metal, but uh, I don't have a machine shop. I have woodworking tools which work with plastic. How does the plastic hold up? It's pretty uh, strong. I just need more of it to get the same uh, sturdiness. So it's, I have a larger bot, but it, it's similarly sturdy. So tell me what happened in your 30-pound battle. Uh, so uh, up against uh, uh, Ben's dad, I think it was his first time driving. Uh, father. Right. So uh, he has a much larger bot with big rubber tires on it. And uh, the first time uh, we were pushing against each other and then I drove off the back of the stage. And then uh, next time uh, for the second fall, uh, it wasn't turning to the right very well. And uh, so I, I was really a disadvantage there. How often do you have to fix them? Well, in, in this case, category it's not very destructive so uh, usually it's it's something came apart or a wire came loose something like that well thank you and I wish you best of luck next time thanks
What is your name? Uh, Rob Dillard. Can you describe your robots to me? Uh, the 12-pounder is called uh, Served Cold. It's referred to as a tray bot. Uh-huh. So okay. you can see it kind of looks so well. You can see it. Nobody else can. It looks like a large uh, large serving tray or, or dustpan. Okay. So the object is to get our, get our opponents up on there, high center them uh, on the little ridges we got built onto it. And that's the plan and strategy for that robot. Uh, the uh, 30-pound robot is called Dandelion's Revenge. It is, in fact, an old lawnmower frame. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and we have... Um, I'm not exactly sure what the toy was called, a popper toys, popper toy, popcorn toy, right. uh, that uh, I've actually motorized that so it does pop. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, Dandelion's Revenge is just, just a pushy bot, really largely for uh, uh, her comedic value. Right. <laughs> Come. Awesome. How have you done? Uh, oh, we lost right away. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're sitting here. We're waiting for uh, once they get the rest of the competition done, we're going to go in and, and uh, do the rumble name is Lewis Bombstark. Uh, my team name is Double Oops. This is a 12-pounder. It's called Doom Service. Uh, it has six uh, saws on it, and they sort of work. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> I've nicked some tires in the past, and it, it's zippy, so zippy I can't drive it very well, and uh, we have fun with it. How long have you been fighting this one? Uh, this is the second year for this one. And how did it do last year? About the same. <laughs> so I, I think both years I went out in the second round. <laughs> and so that's for today. Tell me about the robot that got you out in the second round today. It was covered in fur. Furbot. So Furbot's a fan favorite. Been around a while. Well, sorry this guy didn't hold up too well, but he looks like he didn't take too many beatings. Yeah, it'll probably be around a while until the electronics burn out. Well, my name's Matthew DeLuca. This is... I'm Dominic. Uh, We're Robot Mafia, and our robot is called Eyesore which is named that way because of the eye-searing color, as you can tell. I think it looks awesome. What is it made out of? Uh, It's made mostly out of plastic. It's high-density polyethylene and aluminum for the arms. We made this in our basement. And has it fought yet today? Uh, We fought twice. How'd it go? Uh, Very well. We won both rounds. And what is it like controlling this guy? It's very fast. The arm is kind of more like a stabber kind of thing rather than a um, lifter. It can push a lot. It's not that it's not that fast, but it has a lot of push power. Well, I wish you guys the best of luck. Can you tell me just a little bit about when you started building and, and why? Well, we started building a couple of years ago. Uh, we watched BattleBots on TV. We both enjoyed it greatly. So I think like a lot of people, that got us to thinking about this and uh, we started building this. So this is your first build? Yes, first time. So my name is Phil Costanzo, it's uh, Team Cerberus, and my robot is F-13. This robot normally was inspired by the Friday the 13th movie, so it used to have a machete on the back and it would swing around and hit people with the machete. Open arena here, not really quite safe to do that, so I stuck a big obnoxious pool noodle on it. So there's a machete under this pool noodle? Not anymore. (laughs) I had that thing fly at my head once in another fight, and uh, I never wanted to experience that without an arena. My name is Simon Arthur. I'm with Team Big Blue Saw, and this is our robot, Big Blue Saw Presents Flipper. Awesome. Thank you. It's a 12-pound robot. Uh, The frame is made from water jet cut polycarbonate plastic. Uh, It's got a lifter that goes 360 degrees around the robot, and I've been competing here at Robot Battles uh, since the mid-1990s. Wow. Um, And so has this one fought yet today? It has indeed fought, yeah. Yeah, we uh, we won our first match against Hypnus. Uh, This was Orion's first time driving, and he did an excellent job and was uh, able to get us the victory. Those are some amazing bots. 
I really loved watching the competitions, but it wasn't quite over. We were almost ready for the championship rounds. Right. One thing I loved about all those interviews is there's so many different ways to build the bots and so many different approaches and different materials. And some are just for fun, like a pool noodle. Like that's right. not daunting. <laughs> right. You know? But it used to be a machete. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's gone full circle. Yes. Is that the circle of life from machete to pool noodle? Pool noodle, yeah. Rest so. in peace. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on to the 12 pound championship that's also called the hobby weights tell me your name your team name and then a little bit about your robot uh, my name is jameson go uh, our team name is g theater robotics and my robot is tuscan raider and what does tuscan raider work like tuscan raider uh works kind of like a, a weird scorpion in a way it's got two electrical systems that work concurrently to actually have a 360 degree rotating lifting chassis have you fought him before yeah he was here last year and i think by luck in my opinion it managed to win and hoping to defend the title Oh, that's fantastic. Do you compete with any other robots? Uh, today, no, but I do participate in the micro battle competition on Sundays as well. How did it go for you this year? This year, not as not as good. Um, I mean, it's it's always really tough. The, the, the guys that go here build some really creative things, and the pit where you can get knocked out of is always a big challenge for us. I think they might need you. Yeah, I'm getting called. What was the name of that podcast again? Rochambeau. Rochambeau. Episode coming in November, all about robot battles. That's true. That podcast. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Getting called out. That's amazing. Thanks for the shout out, Kelly. Yes, and sorry, Kelly. We know we were slowing things down a bit, but um, we still think you do an amazing job of wrangling everyone. That is a yeah. huge crowd to control. A lot of mechanical cats to wrangle. All right, so then Jameson left us and went on to participate in the 12-pound championship. And guess what? He won. That's right. All right. We must be good luck. Congratulations. That was pretty quick. Yeah, I think the my opponent just happened to be the right size to fit right between the jaws. Uh, don't always get so lucky. So these are just static. Uh, the top ones are actually just static. So when I, we're able to lift them up, it actually captures his frame with the top. and kind of just holds it in there. It cradles it very nicely. It seemed very sturdy. I thought you were actually clamping down on it. Very impressive. Congratulations. Thank you very much. 2018 champion. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> woo! I love this Jameson little go. woo at the end. Go, Jameson, go. Well, so what's up next? The 30-pounders? Yep. So after that was the final big championship round. It was the 30-pounders. They also called them featherweights, which is strange to me. It's probably some joke we don't get. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. But guess who the winner was? Me. No. No. Waldo, Ben Hansen. Yes, Ben Hansen. He fought a 30-pound robot called Styx and came out victorious. All right. Uh, congrats on your win. What, which uh, division did you win? Uh, I won the 30-pound or featherweight class. Did it go as you expected? Uh, it, went, it went a lot better, um, actually. So my 12-pound robot isn't... Or I know you were asking about the 30-pound, but I was in both classes. Uh, the 12, my 12-pound robot... Here we ended up losing to the winner, Jamison Go. He's such an amazing driver. It was it was a good it was a good hard fought match. Um, but in, in the thirty pound, uh, you know, honestly didn't have a whole lot of expectations going into this because I haven't had a whole lot of drive practice time, mostly due to like real life things leading up to the event. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm extremely happy that not only that I did well, but the rest of my team did well. Um, we we basically just said. 
Uh, we, we got my dad to drive. This was the first event he was driving at. We got someone who was walking right by us, John Briggs. Uh, he was fighting in the three-pound class yesterday. We said, hey, do you have a 30? He said, no. So we gave him one of those, and um, all three of us made it to the semis. Um, is there anything after this? Is there any sort of national championship or anything that you could go to? So as far as tournaments go on the East Coast for sumo events, this is really the cream de la cream. Uh, there's, this, is, this is about as high as you can get. So a win here is a very big deal. And what did you get for winning? I just got a plaque. It's, uh, it's what Robot Battles usually gives out. Is, it's just like it's basically a piece of paper and a, a frame. And the piece of paper goes into the frame and it just says, hey, you won this. It's, it's not value-wise worth a whole lot, right. but just like being able to, especially at my first, my first tournament win in 2010, just looking up at that thing, that's... I've stared at it nights on end. So getting getting that like it's it's not worth a lot, but it means a lot to you. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, good work out there today. Thanks a lot. Aww. Yeah, he was super nice. Very well spoken. Can't believe he's only nineteen. Right. Very very impressive, and seems to be quite the staple of this community. Right. And it was fun watching him on stage uh, with Kelly, the announcer, and the other. There's a young competitor he went against, and he was kind of guiding him a little bit. And there was banter on stage. Yeah. Totally a community. So one thing that we kind of breezed by, we t- we mentioned that this is at Dragon Con, so of course there's costumes and fancy dress, but we didn't actually call Kelly the founder organizer out on his history with fancy dress aha uh-huh. i don't do it as much as i used to but i used to dress up pretty outrageously every year and it all started back in about 95 when i slept through my alarm and i realized oh goodness i gotta get down to the ballroom like now so i just threw on a pair of jeans a pair of combat boots and a robe and a t-shirt and i came down there and everybody was looking at me like you look like arthur dent and i realized i was basically dressed like arthur dent from hitchhiker so i kind of played up with it and the next year i just came in costume and it became kind of signature and i i mean i can't even remember half the things i've done i I know a lot of them were pretty dumb pretty stupid but that was kind of the fun of it i mean the roman centurion i remember that i dressed as a civil war general I dressed as uh, like a total hippie. I wore a tuxedo once. Um, <laughs> I've come out there and looking like a refugee from Studio 54 back during the disco era. Nice. There's one that I have no idea what it was, but everybody thought it looked like what would happen if um, Willy Wonka and Weird Al Yankovic had collided somehow and became one. Uh, there's been all sorts of, I came dressed as a referee once. I even had the yellow flag and the whistle. Nice. They really got annoyed with me on the whistle, by the way. I'm not allowed to use that again. But things change. And now when I go out there, I, you know, sometimes I dress up. Sometimes I'm just out there the way I normally dress, which is in a really obnoxious Hawaiian shirt and a lab coat. All right. Because I'm a math scientist. So if you were to encourage people to come and watch, is there a specific battle that would be best for a first timer to come see? <laughs> yes, all of them. Yes, all of them. I like that. Every single one. Every single one. So next year, this is worth buying a day pass to Dragon Con, even if for some reason, which I 
I wouldn't understand why Dragon Con wouldn't be your thing. But even if it wasn't, I would encourage you guys to buy a day pass just to go see the robot battles. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and made you want to do it, of course, as all our little events do. This one seemed more a little bit out of my reach. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them. What a lot of them seem out of my reach. But this one especially so because there might be math involved. Yeah, a little more math, a little more engineering, nothing that I truly, truly embrace. Well, you do have a dream of a cat on a Roomba. So that's that's the spark of a robot. Hey, if anybody out there has ever gotten their cat to ride a Roomba and you have a suggestion for me of how I can get Pumpkin or Squeaky to make this happen... Uh Please send it our way. <laughs> Rochambeau podcast at gmail.com. Right. We'll send you a Cadillac Jones record. Yes. Speaking of Cadillac Jones, we want to thank them for letting us use their music in this podcast. We very much appreciate you guys. And if you ever see Cadillac Jones come into your town, check them out. Yeah, they rock. We love them. We also want to take a minute to thank everyone that we spoke to. Kelly and Ben and Matthew and Jameson and Tom and Greg and Rob Dillard and Joe and Dave and Eric and John and Lewis and Phil and Simon and gosh if we forgot anyone I apologize but we really had a blast talking to all of you guys yeah thanks for letting us into your little community you guys are very cool and sweet and we had a lot of fun and if you guys want to learn more about robot battles go and check out their website it is robotbattles.com sneak <laughs> you can buy t-shirts yeah they have a fun little merch place they have a link to their youtube channel which we highly recommend checking out you can see every battle that we got to see at the 2018 dragon con robot battles there's links on how to build a bot there's a community there there's links to all their good stuff all right what do we got coming up i don't know this it, one it, it might be a little more ted centric this is very ted centric this is <laughs> kind of the core of who I am as a person. Oh my gosh. Big wait, wait, no, words. we already did puns. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. But this next one is very Ted-centric yeah. too. We're going to get down and dirty. Okay, we'll leave it there. Till next time, people. Goodbye. Ducky, you're the one. Oh my god. You make robot battles so much fun.